0: Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbocasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
1: Welcome to an all new season of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. This season, we're diving in to some of the most unusual missing person cases, from the shocking disappearance of Charlie Ross, to the American Dyatlov Pass disappearances. Hello, and welcome to the True Crown Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Elise. Today we're continuing our series, Shit Out of Luck, discussing the... John Wayne Giese, also known as the Killer Clown. First, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Hunt a Killer. Use code TCNS for 20% off your first box by going to Huntakiller.com. And now let's get on with the show. Also, be a part of the show. Send me a voicemail at 682 so. To his neighbors, he was an ordinary businessman who ran a construction firm by day and did part-time work as Pogo the Clown, entertaining at children's parties. He lived and committed his evil deeds in Norwood Park Township, Chicago suburb close to O'Hare Airport. Most who knew them said they liked him and could never have guessed his secret life. He often used his construction business to lure his victims, who hoped to get a job. Other victims were abducted, while some were sexual meetups that unbeknownst to his victims would become a nightmarish final affair. His victims were all men and teenage boys. John Wayne Gacy, one of the most notorious serial killers in U.S. history, killed 33 people between 1972 and 1978. Casey usually tricked his victims into becoming physically vulnerable to him in two ways. He would handcuff himself and, like a magic trick, escape the cuffs and tell his victims to give it a try. But after handcuffing their hands behind their backs, he would reveal that he had the keys. He typically strangled his victims using another trick involving a rope around their necks. As early as 1975, Gacy was already on the authorities' radar after multiple teens from the area said that he would cruise around uptown. Police had seen young men come and go from Gacy's home, but those that they spoke to had nothing bad to say about him. In March of 1977, a man named Jeff Rignall claimed that Gacy offered him marijuana, and once he was in the car, Gacy then chloroformed and kidnapped him. Rignall woke in Gacy's home handcuffed, where Gacy sexually assaulted him before letting him go. He later told police about the encounter, but for some reason, there was a hesitancy to investigate Gacy. According to him, they began to make me believe I was the crazy one, that he was, quote, a model citizen. Gacy was charged with battery and to pay $3,000 in a civil lawsuit. Later in December of 1977, police arrested Gacy after a 19-year-old accused him of kidnapping and sexual assault. However, the assistant state attorney never prosecuted Gacy, who claimed the young man consented. On the night of December 11, 1978, Elizabeth Peast arrived at the Nissen Pharmacy where her son worked to pick him up. After his shift around 9 p.m., he told her to give him a few minutes while he asked the man about getting a construction job that would pay double what he made at the drugstore. Mrs. Paste waited, but her son never returned. She filed a missing persons report with the police just before 11.30 p.m. The next day, Des Plaines Police Lieutenant Joe neck began looking into the matter. He discovered that Gacy's construction business had just finished a remodeling job with the pharmacy. Lieutenant asked Gacy to come into the precinct for questioning. Gacy returned His phone call around 11 p.m. and said that he could be there in 30 minutes. But the lieutenant waited until 1 in the morning. He assumed Gacy was not showing up. Gacy did show up. However, at 3.20 in the early morning hours of December 13th, with mud on his clothing and shoes. He was told to return again later when Kazinitz would be in. Finally, later in the day, on December 13th, they finally questioned Gacy. He then produced a search warrant for Gacy's home. While holding Gacy in a jail cell, police searched his home, during which they seized several items found in the home. Although none are conclusively related to peace, authorities found one receipt that the family say came from him and the cops believed the 15-year-old was at Gacy's. He was released late at night on December 13th, but two police officers began shadowing him 24-7. Gacy was aware of the surveillance, and would often sometimes joke, referring to them as his bodyguards, and even seem, seeming to enjoy having the officers on his tail. Casey even off, offered the cops coffee and sometimes told them where he was going. Gacy once told him, Clouds can get away with murder. On December 15th, there were two breaks in the case. Investigators identified a Maine West High School classroom that belonged to John Zink, who had gone missing two years earlier. In the items they took from Gacy's house. And someone who worked for Gacy stated that two of their co-workers had also gone missing. On December 20th, the two cops tailed him when he paid a visit to his lawyer, who would later state that Gacy confessed to him, saying, I've been the judge, jury, and executioner of many, many people. According to several sources, authorities believed Gacy to be a suicide risk at this point and arrested Gacy the following day giving marijuana to an employee at a gas station. This arrest was made to prevent him from killing himself. While they were waiting to produce procure another search warrant that same day, authorities learned what Gacy admitted to Amarante. Again, a wa- search warrant was en- used to enter Gacy's house, and this time officers pushed Gacy to tell them where Robert's body was, saying they were ready to dig up his floors to find it. Gacy insisted Robert was not in his home. He finally conceded that he once had to kill a man in self-defense. And he buried that body under his garage. Gacy even marked the spot for them precisely where he wanted them to look. However, investigators found a trap door in his floor that led to the crawl space below Gacy's home. They initially found evidence of three different bodies underneath. The search at Gacy's home continued on for several days, when authorities would ultimately find 29 bodies nearly all of them hidden within the crawl space between the house. Gacy then gave a statement to authorities in which he confessed 32 murders and explained how he murdered Robert Peast. On January 4th, they discovered Peast jacket in Gacy's home after Gacy told them where to find it. Finally, in April 1979, Robert was identified as one of the bodies discovered in the river. Four more victims were discovered in the Des Plaines River. Gacy's had dumped them from the I-55 bridge because there was no longer room in the crawl space. Gacy was indicted on January 8, 1979, for seven murders, as well as other felonies. On January tenth, Gacy pleaded not guilty. At a later date, on April 23, 1979, he was indicted for 26 more murders, bringing the total to 33. The house was torn down on April 10, 1979, he spent the next fourteen years waiting on death row at the Menard Correctional Center in Illinois. Gacy's death sentence was carried out on may tenth, nineteen ninety four. He died at twelve fifty eight in the morning local time, after stating one last time that he was innocent. Not all friendly people are good people. Case in point. Some are pure evil and full of tricks. So thank you for listening watching this episode of Shit Out of Luck. you want to be a part of the show or future shows, send us a voicemail 682-305-0483 and let us know what you think about this case. Do you think he was innocent or was he just full of it trying to save himself? Thank you and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Follow us on Twitter at NS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Send us a voice message at anchor.fm slash Sleeps slash message. Tune in next week for an all-new
0: episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.